throughout the Advent season, we have lit candles. I'm going to turn this one off because it's... Um, we've lit candles to help prepare us for the celebration of, of our Savior. We lit the first purple candle to remind us of the prophets who told of the coming Messiah. And then we lit the pink candle to remind us of Mary, the mother of Jesus, who said, I'm a servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me as the Lord desires. Oh, that we would all have that attitude, right? Then we lit the second purple candle to remind us of the angels and shepherds who proclaimed and heard the message of the birth of the Messiah. We lit the final purple candle this morning to remind us of the wise men who came from the east, seeking him who was born king of the Jews. The fifth Advent candle is the Christ candle. It's white because Jesus was without sin. And when we accept his payment for our sins, we are also without sin in the eyes of the Lord. The promise of the prophets was long ago, yet today as Christians we still anticipate an advent, but ours is a different kind of advent. We wait for him to return again. Nevertheless, for now the message is still repentance so that we are prepared for his second coming. It's also a time of rejoicing. We rejoice today in the hope that will soon be ours. Then we will celebrate for eternity. Our first song that we're going to sing tonight is O Come, All Ye Faithful. O come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem. Come and rehold him, born the King of angels. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Sing choirs of angels, sing in exaltations. O sing, all ye bright hosts of heaven above. Glory to God, all glory in the highest. O come, let us adore Him. O come, let us adore Him. O come, let us adore Him, Christ the Lord. The Old Testament prophecies. The Christmas story begins with the Old Testament prophets. More than 700 years before Jesus' birth, Micah was talking to the common people of Judea about their travails when he drops in this little nugget of hope. Epaphrata was an ancient name for Bethlehem. In Micah 2.5 it says, But you, Bethlehem, Epaphrata, though you are small among the clans of Judea, out of you will come for me one, of, one, who, is, one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old from ancient times. O little town of Bethlehem. O 
O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. Yet in thy dark street shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. For Christ is born of Mary and gathered all above. While mortals sleep, the angels keep their watch in wandering love. O morning stars together proclaim the holy birth. And praises sing to God the King, and peace to men on earth. And I agree with Pastor as far as the kiddos going down to South America. That is something you hear all the time. That is so great. Uh, Pastor, you gave me an awesome reading, Isaiah's Prophecy. I love Isaiah and what he says about, about Jesus' coming. Isaiah's prophecy, Isaiah followed Micah um, by or 50-so years. He came, um, he came from an upper-class family, rubbed shoulders with royalty, and was a prophet to the court of, at Jerusalem. In chapter, nine, in chapter 9, he provided hope for the future of Judah when he included these familiar prophetic verses memorized by Handel. Isaiah 9, 6, 7 says, For to us a child is born, to us a child is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of the, increase of the government and the peace will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven nature sing. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. While fields and floods, rocks, hills, and rains, repeat the sounding joy. Repeat the sounding joy. Repeat, repeat the sounding joy. Got a frog in my throat. The story of Jesus' birth continues into the New Testament. The Christmas story is told in both Matthew and Luke. The Gospel of Matthew was written to Jews to answer their questions about Jesus. Matthew begins his Gospel message with Jesus' genealogy beginning with Abraham. He then provides a synoptic picture of Jesus' birth. 
Matthew 1, 18, 24 begins. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, and he said to Joseph, Son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home to be your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give his name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill that what the Lord had said to the prophet, the virgin will give, be with child and will give birth to a son, and they'll call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took Mary home to be his wife. And he had no union with her until she gave birth to the son, and he named him Jesus. O come, O come, Emmanuel. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. That mourns in lowly exile here Until the Son of God appear Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel Shall come to thee, O Israel O come, desire of nations, bind all peoples in one heart and mind. Bid envy, strife, and quarrel cease. Fill the whole world with heaven's peace. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. The Christmas story told by Luke. Luke was a physician and the author of the Gospel of Luke in the book of Acts. Luke was a close friend and frequent traveling companion of Paul, just as Dr. Watson accompanied and chronicled the adventures of Sherlock Holmes, a loose analogy, might be made of Luke and Paul. Luke converted to Christianity after Jesus' death and resurrection, so he relied heavily on eyewitness, um, eyewitness accounts for those events that he himself did not see. Beginning with verse 5 of the first chapter, Luke tells the story of Zechariah's encounter with an angel where the birth of John the Baptist is foretold. Luke continues with Mary's encounter with an angel where she is told of the unbelievable events that are to come. In Luke 1, 26, 38, in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. 
Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be barren in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child that you've delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will calm the storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked wearing just trod? And when you kiss your little baby, you've kissed the face of God. Mary, did you know?
Mary visits Elizabeth. We can assume that Mary was pretty much beside herself with her emotional responses to the angels' visit. Given the similarity of their encounters with the angels, Mary decides to visit and to share her anticipations with Elizabeth, wife of Zechariah, and the expectant mother of John the Baptist. Luke 139-45 At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? Whom angels greet with anthems sweet while shepherds watch are keeping? This, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Haste, haste to bring him, Lord, the babe, the Son of Mary. Why lies he in such mean estate, where ox and ass are feeding good christians fear for sinners here the silent word is pleading still spear shall pierce him through the cross be born for me for you hail hail the world made flesh the babe, the son of Mary. Mary's song is known as the Magnificat, which apparently comes from the first word of the Latin translation. This much-loved piece of our Christian tradition contains 15 discernible quotations from the Old Testament, indicating how well the Old Testament was known by Jesus' mother, mother-to-be. The Magnificat was Mary's response to her growing realization of just what her role in God's plan was to be. Because of its beauty and elegance, the Magnificat was no doubt inspired by the Holy Spirit. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with this, His arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their innermost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped His servant Israel 
remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever. Even as he said to our fathers, Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly peace, silent night, holy night, shepherds quake the sigh, glory stream from heaven afar, heavenly hosts sing alleluia, Christ the Savior is born, Christ the Savior is of Jesus. Luke completes chapter 1 of his gospel with the uh, story of the birth and circumcision of Elizabeth's son, John the Baptist. He then moves on to chapter 2, which contains one of the most well-known stories of the Bible. Luke sets the stage before writing of Jesus' birth. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Cornelius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth into Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house of David, he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to the, her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for, her, for them in the inn. Jesus asleep on the hay. The 
cattle are lowing, the baby awakes. But little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. I love thee, Lord Jesus, look down from the sky and stay by my cradle till morning is nigh. The Angels and the Shepherds Following Jesus' birth, Luke tells the story of the shepherds. We all know and love this story. There seems to be more Christmas carols singing about the shepherds than any other part of the Christmas story. There was no media, Facebook, or Twitter, and the Holy Spirit chose plain old common shepherds to tell the story of the birth. The Holy Spirit continues to rely on us common folks and only occasionally uses the powerful, beginning perhaps with the Roman Emperor Constantine in the early 300s AD. As was the case with Zechariah and then Mary, the angels played a starring role in the appearance to the shepherds. Luke 2, 8 through 14. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flock at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good, no good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye ancients rise, join the triumph of the skies. With angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. Christ by highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord. Late in time, behold him come, offspring of a virgin's womb. Veiled in flesh the Godhead see, hailed incarnate deity. Pleased as man with man to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. 
Hail the hymn born prince of peace. Hail the son of righteousness. Light and life do all he brings. Rid with healing in his wing. Mild he lays his glory by. Born that man no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give them second birth. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn King. respond. So who can sit still after an appearance of angels? Mary couldn't. She visited with Elizabeth. The shepherds could not sit still either. They got up, went to Bethlehem to verify the story they had been told. Then praise God and spread the story. Luke 2, 15. When angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising and have come to worship him. You notice most of our readings have been from Matthew and from Luke, uh, and of course, scripture readings from the Old Testament. John has a very short uh, nativity scene, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Why did God send his son Jesus? So that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know, the Bible all hangs together from beginning to end. We've seen that as we've looked at the book of Revelation on Wednesday nights. Before the Bible, we know that God knew you. He knew all about you. He knew what color your eyes would be when your hair would start falling out or turn gray. He knew everything about you. And he knew that when he created Adam, that he would sin. He knew that he would need to send his son to die for us on the cross. And that's what we celebrated Christmas is that God loved us so much that he gave his son and we celebrate his birth because without him being born of a virgin, he could not die for our sins. He lived a perfect life and he was the only one that ever was born that didn't have a human father. Now, Adam was created out of dirt. God took dirt and he breathed into him the breath of life. And then he made a woman from his rib. God created the first two, and they rebelled against God. They took and ate what God said. They could have anything in the garden, even access to the tree of life. And what did they do? They took from that fruit that God forbade. God was never thwarted in his plan. He always knew what he was going to do. 500 years before Jesus was born, Isaiah wrote, in the book of uh, Isaiah chapter 53, who has believed what we have heard? 
And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He didn't have an impressive form or majesty that we should look at him. Think about baby Jesus as he grew up as a young man. As he went to the temple, religious leaders were impressed not by his appearance, but by his wisdom. He didn't have an impressive form or majesty that we should look at him, no appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of suffering who knew what sickness was. He was like someone people turned away from. He was despised, and we didn't value him. Yet, he himself bore our sicknesses, and he carried our pains. But we in turn regarded him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was pierced because of our rebellion, crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him, and we are healed by his wounds. We all like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way, but the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb led to the slaughter and like a sheep silent before her shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was taken away because of oppression and judgment, and who considered his fate? For he was cut off from the land of the living. He was struck because of my people's rebellion. He was assigned a grave with the wicked, but he was with a rich man at his death because he had done no violence and he had not spoken deceitfully. Yet the Lord was pleased to crush him severely. When you make him a guilt offering, he will see a seed. He will prolong his days. And by his hand, the Lord's pleasure will be accomplished. After his anguish, he will see light and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will carry away their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him the many as a portion. He will receive the mightiest spoil, because he willingly submitted to death. And he was counted among the rebels, yet he bore the sin of many and interceded for the rebels. That's for you and me. Like the, the men I've asked to come and help the Lord's Supper tonight to come, please. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church of Corinth about the Lord's Supper. And he said, I'm not really pleased with you because you've really made it what it's not. Because, see, they brought into the church the meal and some were hungry and some were stuffed. Some even got drunk at the Lord's Supper. So he said, I'm not pleased with you. So when you come to the Lord's table, you need to confess. Make sure that you're right with the Lord. And so we invite all to come to the table, but first we ask you to examine your heart. This is a time that we're going to come before the Lord, and, and if there's sin in our life that keeps us from, from this fellowship with the Lord, confess that and repent that we might have this. Let's pray. Father, we come before you now as your humble servants, and as your Spirit speaks to our heart even now, we confess our sin. Father, thank you that your promise is as we confess our sin, you're faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness because we want to come before this Lord's table in a way that brings you glory, that we might enjoy our fellowship together. And we praise you, Father, in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. In the book of Luke, 
Luke also tells about the first Lord's Supper. And he speaks of taking the bread. In verse 19, he says, And he took bread, and he gave thanks, and broke it, and he gave it to them, and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. First, he said, This is my body. It's what it represents. And he gave it. He lay it down for us. That's why he came. He did it for us. Like we saw this morning when the, when the, the angel said for them, the shepherd said, we knew it was for us. Christ gave himself up for us. Joe, would you thank the Lord that he made that sacrifice, that he lay his life down for us willingly? Amen. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Luke continues, in the same way, he also took the cup after supper and said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Audie, would you lead us in prayer? Thank the Lord that he shed his blood, that we might have a new relationship with Christ. Heavenly Father, we are to be thankful for you to come into our hearts. We just thank you so much for the remembrance of this cup.
Jesus said, this is a new covenant, my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. After Jesus' resurrection, the, uh, the church gathered. It says in, in Luke chapter 1 that there were about 120 of them that gathered. And in chapter 2, it says they were all together in one place. And the Holy Spirit came upon them. And they begin to share the gospel message. And from a small group of 120, the message went out. And the gospel eventually reached around the world so that nation, language, tribe, and people, that the goal is to take it to all of them. I read or heard recently that because of computer technology and because of all they're able to do, global mapping, They've narrowed it down to how many people groups have yet to hear the gospel message. Uh, can you turn this off, Mike? Would you please? Christ's goal to us, Christ's command to us was to take the gospel to every language, to every nation, every people group. Symbolically, it begins with one person passing to somebody else. And that's what we're going to do this morning or this evening. We pass it symbolically thinking about those people, or as you do pass it, think about those people you know that would like to receive the gospel. And as you receive the light and pass it to somebody else, pray for that person. And we're going to see the, the congregation light up as the light is passed, just as the world is made more alive as more people hear about Jesus. And as you get the light, pass it to somebody else.
to see is the way it's passed. It doesn't spread here, 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 just like that. It goes here and there and there, and that's the way the gospel should spread. People in our lives, people we know, we influence them by the way that we live and by the words that we say. And as we pray that God would give an opportunity for people to hear the message for Christ, we're going to sing a song. Go tell it on the mountain because that's what we're going to do. Go tell the gospel message. And then we're going to close with an apostolic Benson. That's not something we usually do here in the States, but in every service in Brazil, we would close with the apostolic Benson. So blessing, excuse me. I was speaking Portuguese. Mike. Oh, tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is Lord. Go in peace. And may the Lord God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and keep you and bless you. Amen. Oh, thank you.